This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome to the Ward Scott Files. Trying to get my own little computer going here so I can see what's happening. Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave inside the Mellon Law Studio. Uh, well, Mellon Law has 50 years of experience and is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. They won't back down and crime prevention takes care of our security needs 24-7. Uh, CPSS.net. Mugshots brought to you by Marie Steve McDaniels. And we thank all of our other sponsors and uh, <clears throat> for helping us out here <clears throat> to bring you Hopefully an entertaining program today that's also educational. There's a lot to report today that I'm going to do kind of a, a um, well, a uh, review, if you will, in preparation for your test. And um, your, your test is going to be how you vote. And, of course, uh, all I can do is prevent, uh, present information for you. And your test is going to be what you believe, kind of based upon the information you have compared with what the information might have been that you might have had and all that business because I'm not here to change your mind. I don't think you can really change people. People have to change themselves, and they have to be, first of all, willing to listen. There's an old story that I first learned from a great artist, and uh, I'm going to give you three words, okay? Three words are yonder, wonder, and wander. If I can wake my production guys up, I want them to participate. Yonder, wander, and wonder. Are you with me? I see a nod of hands from the back row in the production studio. I see none. Of those three things, if you are absolutely blind, okay? Remember now we have wander, yonder, and wonder. What would be the first thing you would do if you could suddenly see? And the answer I'll take, I'm going I'm to I'm pick on my student guys. You would wonder. Wrong. Evan, any answer? <clears throat> Wrong. Wonder, yonder, and wonder. Good answer, but the wrong answer. If you were blind and you could suddenly see, the first thing you would do is look yonder. Are you with me? You would look at that which you have never seen before. Correct? No way to dispute the answer. That's what you would do. But let's stop right there. And let's take this as an analogy. How many people are blind? Metaphorically speaking, a heck of a lot of them. 
So you try to allow them to see. So let's assume that you can get them to the first stage. They do look yonder. Now, the wrong answer given by my young friends here in my production studio would be the second thing you would do, maybe, maybe. You might look yonder and want to be blind again because of what you would see that would make you wonder. Are you with me? This is profound stuff. They'll never get this anywhere else. Okay, so let's assume now we have separated the wheat from the chaff and we have pretty good students now. First of all, we have easily graded them ABC, right? The A student would recognize right away yonder. The A student would also go to the next step and realize once you look yonder, you would wonder, but we're going to lose a lot of people right there. We're going to lose people at the first step. We're going to lose people at the second step. And the A student will get the last. You would wander. Now, what do you do when you wander? You do exactly what the Ward Scott Files does. You go looking. You actually involve yourself with what you see yonder. How many people don't do that? I can tell you right now, metaphorically, this little game works extremely well. Do the people have the intelligence to do it? Probably a lot of them do. Do they do it? No, because they're lazy or they're given to their first impulse. They're not patient. They don't really see the syllogism here. It's a little syllogism. If A is so, then B is so, and C is the conclusion. It's a very simple exercise in logic. But what you run into is the human beings. Impatient, self-assured, confident that they know the right answer. And they have been given the opportunity to be graded by how quickly they give the answer. Now, when I first started teaching, I nicknamed my class of the, I had the class of the most accelerated students in the high school. The brightest guys, and I can tell you who they are right now, they're out in the community. They've become the lawyers and the doctors and Indian chiefs, literally. One of them just got some big prize as a doctor over at the Chance Medical Hospital the other day. Let me tell you what they were like. I call them the ball retrievers, okay? The ball retrievers. I said, you guys aren't smart. Oh, yeah, we are. Look how competitive we are. Look how quickly we get the answer. Now, but you don't really get the answer. All you do is I throw a ball out there, and you see who can bring it back to me the first. So what I started doing to them, and it's still my method, I will fake the ball being tossed, and I'll hide it behind my back. <clears throat> you want to see chaos? Boy, do that. They don't have any backup system. They don't have a way to prepare for that. Because they assume, based upon their limited experiences and their trust in authority, that the ball would be thrown. But what if it isn't? What if all your assumptions are wrong? 
Well, how are you going to examine your assumptions? Well, you've got to, first of all, do the following thing we just talked about. You've got to look yonder. You've got to look at the assumptions. And then you've got to wonder about the assumptions. Geez, is it so really that the earth is not flat? And then you've got to wander, much like the circumnavigation of the world by the sailors. That's what they were doing. They were going out to see if it really worked. <laughs> is it really round? We ought to come back from the point from which we departed. <clears throat> Why do I preface today's class to dance with this? Because this is the exact the quagmire we're in as a country. <clears throat> we don't have anybody much who knows how to critically examine that which he's been presented. Now, I want to begin with the coming trials. And then I'll work backwards in history here locally to let you know how we got to these trials. Okay? How did we get to these trials? And the trial I'm talking about is right now, I want to give you the information. There will be a trial. The witnesses will be Kim Barton and... Mr. T.J. Pichet, there will be witnesses for the state. Because a couple of these perjurers, jailhouse guys who voted, have decided to challenge this. And my friends, this is going to really be interesting. Kim Barton and T.J. Pichet, witnesses for the state, are going to have to raise their hand under oath and reply to what the defendant is saying and asking in a court. We already know that Pichet took the Fifth Amendment when the gendarmes knocked on his door. So there's a lot of Perry Mason here <clears throat> on the stand when the lawyer for the victim or defendant, and one of these guys is going to be his own attorney, which is going to be interesting, ask pressing questions. Well, exactly what did you say? Did you say the following? Did you say that? I uh, can't remember. That would be the easiest way to get out of testifying honestly without taking the fifth and just say, it's been a long time, I can't remember. I just don't remember. I'm sorry, Your Honor, I just don't remember. No one in the legal world can question your memory. It's pretty difficult even for the medical world to determine what else. They don't really know the answers to that. So that's a convenient and often used technique in testimony when you want to get away from having to say, let's call it what it is, the truth, or give a factual direct answer. So this is interesting, and we have these uh, documents here. Uh, it is a supplemental discovery exhibit. The uh, state of Florida, through the undersigned assistant state attorney, pursuant to the defendant's notice of discovery and rule 3.220, 
Florida Rules of Criminal Procedure submits the following supplemental information. And the witnesses here will be for Tina Perry also from the Alachua County Sheriff's Office, uh, Barton and T.J. Pichet. And this has been filed by none other than one Brian S. Kramer, state attorney. There you go. You can't get more official than that, right? And that is Exhibit A, filed on July the 11th, all right? Now, Mr. Xavier Lavelle Cavone Artis, or maybe Artis, who is a defendant, and the plaintiff is the state of Florida, has also an order that Judge Kreider has signed off on, uh, removing his public defender and authorizing himself to self-representation. I have no way of knowing what is the motive behind uh, uh, Mr. Artis, but uh, there you are. That's going to be interesting. But this is just um, more to come. There are more, going to be more guys challenging uh, the state. So we're going to keep you up on that. Now, I thought <clears throat> one of the interesting things about this is this is our way locally of disproving the national narrative that there was absolutely a straight up election. And you merit, bear in mind, I'm tippy-toeing through a minefield now. I have to use beep word because uh, the little algorithms of the little millennials uh, who eavesdrop on everything we say, well, dang us. So I'll be speaking to you a lot in code, okay? You'll have to understand how to decipher the code because I'm not going to use the words uh, that the algorithm is accustomed and programmed to pick up on. So we know that um, there was, of course, a, um, a uh, dismissal of any validity to, and this is a dismissal by the state at the national level of anything that could have been uh, it, you know, any kind of election beat. You know, this is, this has a history to it uh, of dismissal and uh, lack of response. I want to hearken you back to something that's been lost in the dusty annals of the Museum of Legal Filings, okay? On November 12, 2020, um, the following was filed um, um, by Colleen O'Brien, who's the Assistant General Counsel. And uh, the complaint that was filed, and of course you know that our data investigator found this, the complaint that was filed in November 12, 2020, alleged that Edward Lee Jennings you know Jennings, he's a local character here from this community. He lives in Georgia. But he was a part of our state government at one time and a local homeboy here in Gainesville. The complaint alleged that Edward Lee Jennings be voted in a number of Florida elections over a span of approximately 10 years while a resident of another state, Georgia. Have you, do you remember this? 
Have you any recollection of this? Probably not. Now, in this letter that has been filed by the Office of the General Counsel, and it's been sent to the Honorable Larry Keefe, United States Attorney, Northern District of Florida, and the Honorable at that time, William P. Servone. Now, if true, this allegation has potential violations, the letter says, of Florida statutes specifically addressing unqualified voters who are willfully voting and providing false information in order to vote in a federal election. Now, this is just one example. This came before, you understand, <clears throat> any explosion on the national scene or even our discovery and pursuit of the, the, the jailhouse votes. So uh, the person who brought the, this to the attention of the general counsel provided, of course, our data investigator, a number of documents supporting his allegations, including copies of civil actions in Georgia involving Mr. Jennings, naming him as a resident of Georgia, copies of corporate officer information filed with the Florida Department of State, and listing an address for Mr. Jennings in Georgia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the complaint also brought to the attention of the authorities that Mr. Jennings' wife, Heidi B. Jennings, received mail ballots from both Georgia and Florida for the November 2020 general election. Here we are, friends, buried in this letter, okay, Something that the January 6th Inquisition Committee right now has completely ignored. Let me read it to you again. Received mail ballots from both Georgia and Florida for the November 2020 general election, having been registered to vote in Florida since 1988. It, it appears that M.S. Jennings, after registering to vote in Georgia on or about August 30th, 2020, ultimately voted only in Georgia during the 2020 general election, while Mr. Jennings voted in person in Florida. But the issue appears to have merit and warrants further investigation to determine whether Edward Lee Jennings, Jennings and or his wife Heidi B. Jennings violated these Florida statutes, I've got a number of them for you, by voting in Florida elections while residents of Georgia. This is signed by Colleen E. O'Brien, who is the Assistant General Counsel. It's CC'd to Kim Barton, and it's CC'd to Bradley McVeigh, the General Counsel for the Florida Department of State. Let me tell you, friends, we have heard nothing about that. Why not? Nothing. Let me just let that settle into the classroom for a moment. <clears throat> Nothing. I mean, here's a nice official letterhead. See if you can get it there. There it is. This is out on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. 
<clears throat> Ward's Hot Bulletin Board, I've been looking back over it, and the archives of the Ward Scott Files dating back to the 2012 is a fantastic resource of research. Just fantastic. If there, you know, if there ever were political science students who really wanted to do research and who really wanted to find original documents, they would, I invite them to use the Wartscott Files archives to go back because the Wartscott Files archives, since I broadcast and have done so for 10 years with a couple of interruptions, every single day for sometimes two hours and sometimes one, recently one, but originally two. I looked at the things that I have discussed with my students over the years. It is amazing. The first thing people would have to do is what? Look yonder. Look at the archives. Secondly, do what once you looked at it. Wonder. I can tell you right now that very seldom happens with students. First of all, you got to do something, give them a lollipop or something to make them even look at the archive. So then the, the excellent one would look yonder, wonder, and wander through the archives. I found myself wandering through them. It, yesterday I was wandering through them because I'm looking for a very interesting second-to-none interview I did with the detective who cracked the Danny Rawlings case. I did that, and I have been told by people who just saw something similar on Newsmax that mine is far superior, and I haven't even looked at it lately. I'm looking back to see if I could find it. Unfortunately, our search button doesn't seem to work that well, and I want to thank Blue Dove Design, Lisa Renshaw, for keeping that uh, website going. We may be able to tweak that search button some, but... Uh, the um, right now we just have to manually go through, but they're all there. They are all there. So right now, students, are you with me? Are you with me? Now, what we're getting out of a January sixth is uh, really kind of um, amazing. Um, the Laying out of evidence, and I'm going to continue to let this run through the storyline today, is completely without cross-examination. I never heard of such. It's completely without cross-examination of the testimony of the witnesses. So I can say, if I'm on the witness stand for the state, which is what this is, these people are being called by the federal government, they're witnesses for the federal government, and they're being told if they're not, they're going to be thrown in the jug. Reminds me so much of Cuba and what's going on in Cuba. So they buckle with the terrible intimidation of the state that if you don't talk, you know, we're going to send you to the jug. As if they were members of the mafia. Then they go in there and they talk, but they're never cross-examined. And there's a purpose for this. This is to be drawn out as long as it takes to completely drive the wooden stake into Trump's heart. They are scared to living, you know what, of, of him. They absolutely 
recognize his power with the people. Now, they've been somewhat successful by this steady, steady, which is their design, steady, steady drip of unexamined testimony distributed through their partner, the conventional media, and presented as if it were so, without any opportunity for rebuttal. And you see me right now delicately walking through the minefield uh, so the little algorithms don't trip us up. Now, just on our own uh, timetable, <clears throat> I, just, I just read for you <clears throat> an, uh, an official complaint about Ed Jennings and his wife, and we've never had any reply from him. <clears throat> what we did with uh, um, uh, somebody calling me on sideline. Hold on, let me see what this is. Um, yeah, we, we understand that. Uh, thank you very much. Ed Jennings was Obama's HUD director. So we know what that's all about. Thank you very much. Ed Jennings, that just came in on the sideline number. Ed Jennings uh, was Obama's HUD director. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, what's that old adage, birds of a feather flock together? Well, you take your own conclusions from that. But I just was citing this for to tell you how hard it has been. And we don't have a budget, okay? We don't have a staff. There's two, or, there's a couple of us. And then we have all the research assistants out there who, who help. Um, you know, we have 35,000 listeners and about five or six sponsors. So what does that tell you? know. What does that tell So we keep on trucking. We keep on working. And I want to go through the timeline with you where we are now and where we started and bring you up to date and tie this to the January 6th, what would you call it? Inquisition, I would call it. And I'll do that. And then everything will be on the test, so to speak. And what's the test? The test is how you vote. The test is what you really base your, what information and documentation do you really base your opinions on? Every one of the opinions I'm giving you right now is based on documentation I'm sharing with you. I'm sharing with you. Not only am I verbally sharing it with you now, it is also posted on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board in perpetuity. As a, as a library, an archi archival library. But you've got to be able and willing to what? Look yonder, wonder, and then wander. So I will bet you if I give that on a quiz, how many people, after having heard this discussion for this first half hour, will get those three words in the right order? You see how easy it is to, 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 to grade people? I don't grade them. I just give them puzzles and then they grade themselves. Now, of course, they improve. Some improve and that's what you end up grading. You never grade the student at the beginning of the course. 
You always grade the student at the end of the course because people grow and people have to make mistakes. And it's really good when they do, if they have any pride or curiosity, they'll go back and wonder why the heck did I fail? And they'll fix it so they don't fail again. And you can evaluate how good they are by how quickly they fix it. The ones that take forever and ever and never fix it, of course, those are your lower grade students. So failure is built into every single learning process. But what bothers me about January 6th Inquisition is they're not admitting any, any failure. There's no responsibility on their part at all. You know, one of the nice things would have been if the Democrats had said, you guys were overzealous. We understand it. We understand why there's election curiosity. Um, but we're all Americans and we're going to straighten this out. And let's 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 bygones be bygones and pull together for the country. Uh, that would have been leadership unheard of by politicians. Absolutely unheard of. I promise you, local, state, or national, no, you'll never hear it. You'll hear the Ken Cornells dig in and say, by God, no single member districts. They don't even pretend to acknowledge the other side of the argument. That's why I don't think much of them. I mean, anything, anybody can do what Cornell does. I mean, that's not a leader. And yet he's got an ad out for real leadership. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's the biggest lie on the face of the earth. We're going to take a break right now on the Word Scott Files. I'll give you a timeline of what's going on right now from this point forward. we get back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said 
is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Uh, Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Well, I really enjoyed revisiting the Farmer's Almanac yesterday and realizing how wise those characters are who put that together. How, how do they know? I don't know, but it was very accurate. And there's all sorts of weather uh, apps you can consult uh, from ones that show you the international weather uh, to the local weather. And um, um, we have Lewis Oil, of course, who's very interested in us bringing the weather to you. So we're going to do that. And, you know, here at Windy Hill Farm, one of the things that's um, kind of interesting is that um, the back porch of Windy Hill Farm faces due east. And so we're able to watch uh, the sun as the, it appears to move. Of course, it's not actually moving, but it is moving to us from our point of view. Um, and it's now moving back uh, from the north to uh, the south. So it has moved as far as it's going to ever move this season. And I can tell the seasons here from Windy Hill Farm without knowing what month it is. And I can also tell you pretty closely what time it is by when the sun is rising. Now, in case you're interested, the sun, sun rose to here today at um, uh, uh, 6.38, and uh, it will set at 8.33. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to, to know these kind of things by nature without having to consult these fancy apps we have. But it's uh, all there for us. The air quality right now, is excellent in that this pollen has come to rest and uh, we have got uh, that behind us. So the algae outlook is very good right now for those who are uh, con uh, conflicted with tree pollen. and mo But the mold is high because it's been very, very rainy. One of the interesting things to the guys who look out into the universe to try to figure out how it is that the city of Gainesville got populated in 1947 by people from the UFOs is that they keep looking at the cosmos and they keep finding things with more and more powerful telescopes about the cosmos. So that's all going on right now. And you have to wonder, and we always will wonder as mortals, uh, what is the, what, where are we in all this big mess? And we keep finding out it's greater and greater of a mystery than we ever thought. Um, meanwhile, we have got some severe weather uh, forecast for the southeast and um, We've got record-breaking heat out in Texas with some tropical rain relief here. So it's, it's kind of interesting because, uh, as I say, here on the farm, we can tell pretty much the weather. I can smell the rain before it's coming. Many of you can. I can also tell you where the weather's coming from by which direction the wind is coming from. Um, and and uh, uh, that tells me a lot. If something's coming out of the southwest, I know we're blowing a storm off the Gulf. And if something's coming counterclockwise off the east and down from the north, I know that we may have hurricane-type weather coming, which is generally the pattern. It's a little bit cooler rain when it comes that way. 
because it's coming off that Atlantic. So it's a lot of interesting things that you can get into. And we're going to be curiously more um, bringing you that kind of uh, approach from now and then about what we live in, this mysterious world of nature. We call it the universe, the cosmos, all the above. Well, I promise to continue with you, class, today to kind of do a, a look back, and particularly since going forward, we've got some trials that are going to take place here in Alachua County, uh, and they're going to have to be a raising of the hands uh, by Pichet and Barton, and they're going to have to testify truthfully, although we know that PJ has already taken the fifth, and he may well take the fifth again, which most people think is an automatic admission of guilt. So um, I'll let you make your up your own mind. Remember, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm really not even here to change sides. I am here to give you an opinion, but the opinion is based upon a study of the documents and the events that are passing. And my opinion is only as good as your opinion, and you will choose what opinion you want to believe and sort of take to the bank. Now, I just want to give you a personal, personal timeline for how uh, long we have been at this business of looking into voter beep. And, and, and I just gave you a timeline going back into 2020, November, when we found that we thought, and it's never been answered, we've never had a reply as whether Ed Jennings, who was Obama's HUD director, voted in two different states in the federal election. I guess we'll never get an answer. Now think of that, extrapolate that. Here we have the popular narrative phrase is that Trump's supposition about a voter beep is uh, untrue, it's crazy, it's, uh, you know, they're trying to really cast him as a nutcase for believing it, but we've got documents. And, and but, you know, doc those documents don't get entered into the testimony. If you take a look at the Inqu Inquisition, they're, done, they're not entering these type of documents. I would like for them to bring me before, and I'll, I'll gladly testify to the January 6th Inquisition. I'll gladly bring into uh, the testimony uh, what we have here. Because, you know, several of these people that are being uh, dinged came from Florida. And we're, we know Florida pretty well here. Now, on, I'm going to go through a little timeline for you. Uh, in late February 2021, and this is all out on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board, uh, the voter data from the supervisor election showed 40 individuals voted in the 2020 election from a single address. Now, you remember, 40. We've only got 10. There are many, many more, probably, but they haven't been entered into this deal. And there's many, many more sex offenders, and that's yet to come. So initially, it looked as if 40 individuals voted there. And that was just, that address just happened to be the Alachua County Detention Center or the jail. Now, further reveal, further uh, uh, review revealed that 19 of these inmates owed fines, fees, and a restitution from felony convictions prior to casting a 2020 ballot. And 10 of the inmates were serving felony judgment sentences and awaiting transfer to state prison, yet voted by name. Now, here is your issue. Voting by mail. Once you have taken away the requirement that people appear in person 
on a single day, or let's make it single two days or three days, at a precinct and show, physically show their identification. Once you make this abstract, you have lost control of it. How do you make it abstract? Absent key balance. We know that Zuckerbucks, and let's see if production will put that up on the screen. Uh, the Zuckerbuck, see if I can get their attention. The Zuckerbuck diagram, please. Uh, I'll wait for that to come up. Remember, Zuckerbuck's here at this county alone was $700,000. $500,000 of it was spent. Barton gave, I guess, 200000 of it back. But a lot of that went to absentee ballots. And when asked on the questionnaire as for the accountability of those ballots, there was no. They're in. Now, 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 was that legal? There is your rub. Now, this map shows you in the dark blue, the concentration where there's about six million bucks down south there. Uh, and you see Alachua County there. That was targeted by Zuckerbuck because Florida was a swing state. And very, very, well, they knew that from Gillum. Important to Electoral College. So if you take a look at that map, you see where the most of the Zuckerbucks were dumped. The red is where the supervisors declined the money. But you see that Alachua County eagerly gobbled up the money. And you see down in Broward County eagerly, eagerly gobbled up the money. So that gives you a little map, quick shit next out of it. So what were, what was TJ, the outreach director, doing? The theory is, and we may never get to it, trying to expand the influence of absentee voting. Financed by private money in a public election and encouraged by private money in a public election known as Zuckerbucks. Now, I've been told by, of all people, a Republican pundit who shall remain unnamed, shadowy figure, if you will, that, oh, we've always gone into jails. No, 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 no. Upon investigation, that's not true. And if you have gone into jails, you haven't gone into the jail. You've left the stuff with the front clerk. Here we're talking about physically, feet don't fail me now, going into the judge. I don't know that's going to come out in this trial. It's coming up, but it's going to be very interesting. And we're going to be there. We will be there for it. They won't be able to keep us out like, oh, Cornell tried to keep me out of his deposition, which incidentally is still scheduled to come up here before long. I don't know. If, I don't think he's going to be able to weasel out of that. 
So I was instantly informed of this. And I instantly notified the sheriff and the state house rep, Chuck Clemens. When this data came to me, I instantly notified the sheriff, Elvis Watson Jr., and the state house representative, Chuck Clemens. It's not in the, that's why they can call, they can call, I wish they would subpoena me for the January 6th Inquisition. I wish they would subpoena me. I mean, I wasn't physically there outside, you know, charging up the steps. But hey, you know, you want to hear some story behind the story behind the story? No, not really, because they don't want to look yonder. They, they, they not only do they not want to wonder and wander, they don't even want to look yonder. So in early March 2021, we dug deeper, and it was discovered that the inmates were either registered to vote or changed their mailing address to the county jail on days when T.J. Pichet visited. So they, he registered them, and it already had been determined that they had to pay fines and restitutions before they be, could vote. I, I don't think they should have even been registered before they pay fines and restitution. That's going to hopefully come out in the trial. So there are 18 case files that were generated from this information and verified by a former state prosecutor who also identified the applicable Florida criminal statutes. Now, here's where we had to spend 500 bucks. It's what they did to us. 500 bucks for a records request that we obtained in July 2020, the emails between Barton and T.J. Pichet concerning the felons who are ineligible to register and or vote. I guess the price tag, if you're cynical, is put up high to try to keep us from getting it, thinking we wouldn't have the money or the foolishness to spend that kind of money on trying to get those records. But getting those records was absolutely essential to carrying on with the investigation. So in April 2021, at the end of the 2020 legislative session, uh, Representative Clemens, yours truly, and our investigator, Mark Laser. We met with the Eighth Circuit State Attorney, Brian Kramer, and we put the files in his hands. Uh, so on May 13th, a meeting took place between Clemens, me, Blazier, and Kramer's office with Derry Lloyd present and the Assistant State Attorney, Heather Jones. Now, this is May 13th, 2021. We're clear down in July of 2022, and we're just getting Here's my point, students. We're just getting to the trial stage of this. <clears throat> and that's going to go on into the fall. There are going to be elections in the fall. Do you understand here what's happening? Do you get what's happening? Now, there was a lot of discussion there, which we summarized it. Kramer now is aware of the involvement by the Supervisor of Elections Office, specifically T.J. Pichet. The meeting ended with Derry Lloyd, who is the chief investigator for Kramer, in possession of the case files that he turned over to the sheriff. And Sheriff Watson, who is now in charge of the jail, wisely turned those over to the FDLE. That was a very important move. 
that Sheriff Watson, upon receiving those from Derry Lloyd, said, hey, this goes to the FDLE. Now, you have to wonder why Lloyd didn't take him directly to the FDLE himself. There's speculation. It's purely speculation, so everything I'm about to say, put a red mark by it, is that he didn't, Lloyd didn't really want it to go anywhere. He thought it might end up in the dead letter file. Since Watson wasn't in charge of the jail when this happened, Darnell was. And Darnell, remember, marched, uh, was a supporter of Gillum. So on June 1st, 2021, the Lottrell Chronicle ran a story. And then on June 2nd, 2021, Breitbart ran a story, a very thorough story about what we had been doing. And uh, it was uh, 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 all about, uh, we have a copy of it. It's out on Ward's House Open Board, uh, mentioning the Ward Scott Files, uh, mentioning the whole issue. Uh, Newsmax then on March 22nd ran a story. Uh, on March 7th, uh, there was a story run by the Right Side Broadcasting Network. Um, let's see where else we got. We've got national attention on this. This is something that I would love to take to the January 6th Inquisition. Okay? I put out a press release myself on June 1st, 2021. And as you can imagine, if I wrote it, it's very well written. Um, saying that Alachua County Supervisor Elections uh, election beep investigation. And I put it out. And of course, that was uh, very instrumental in helping spread the word to the na major national news networks. Uh, on July 13th, uh, Vision Times with Victor Westerkamp did a story on it. A pretty thorough story, by the way. It's out there. Uh, you can click at War Top Bulletin Board. Um, and he expanded the he noted the expansion of the influence of our investigation. I'll just read a little bit of this to you from him. Several voter B probes are underway in various Florida counties amidst a legal tug of war surrounding the participation of dozens of ineligible offenders in the 2020 presidential election. Now, it's true. What we started here has expanded throughout the state. So it is uh, now more ongoing investigations, but you can see how long and drawn out these things can get. I mean, it's, it's, it's... on the other hand, uh, we've only scraped the tip. We have not, you know, remember we started out with 40, we only submitted 10. Here locally. Now, students, I hope you're learning something from this. In mid June of 2021, the amazing thing happened. Mr. TJ Pichet resigned from his job as outreach director. He was making about 60 grand a year, had just bought a home, and he lawyered up. On July 2021, a list of 13 more ineligible fel felons who voted in the 2020 general election 
uh, were sent to Kramer. In September 2021, a public records request was made. We wanted to see the emails from the FDLE to the SOE. And we wanted, we had to keep digging. In other words, you understand what I'm talking about here? It's no wonder there's no evidence. In the January 6th inquisition, there's no wonder there's no evidence. Try to get it. Try to unearth it. Then on September 29, 2021, you have the GFL rat story. It's been going on, been going on. And, you know, I'm telling you, we're pers I'm persistent. And Mark is persistent. It, it is an, it's an amazing tale. It's, it, it is really amazing. Here on March 7th is, is, a, is a really good article from Right Side Broadcasting Network. So we're out there. We're out there by the we're out in the July, June, and March. We're starting to make national attention with this. Well, you know, this is, doesn't qualify as evidence, right? Somehow this isn't evidence, huh? Politico picks it up. Are you following, student? Are you following with me, students? Are you following with me? I had intended to go through because Pew Research did some fantastic research. They did a research on why is it that the left hates Trump? And I guess I'm not going to have time to go into it really do it justice. It is a fantastic document I've got here. Well documented with graphs. I'm going to probably save this till tomorrow because it's time to review this students for the exam. And the exam will be, remember how you vote. So you'll be great. You know, your grade will be the direction the country goes in. I guess. Now you have to remember one of the things I'm trying to do here is help you understand that one of the great ironies of our political life is that there is an enormous spread of false information. I will tell you right now that none of the information I just shared with you this last hour is intended to push an agenda, come up with the right answer. It's nothing more than yonder, wonder, and wonder. Mainly, we've got a lot of people, and I know them every day, and you know them every day, are misinformed or they're too busy trying to get their kids to school or they just uh, want to choose the easiest, quickest answer. And so they miss the right answer. Um, we know that a lot of this goes back to the Obama years and starts with the Obama years. 
and that journalism picked up and became an agent of Obama's narrative and that he deliberately pursued the control of that narrative. Censorship used to be a bad word. It's now really become uh, an accepted kind of practice. We have an inquisition that does not have any due process. It doesn't have any cross-examination of witnesses. And yet it's being pushed out every day to the national media and presented all over the place on the news. And don't forget, I'll probably review this tomorrow with you, the astonishing implications of Schedule F. You remember what Schedule F was? Hopefully you will on the test. Now, this so-called select committee um, the Texas Tribune has an article about it, and I'll conclude with this about it. The select committee has um, received witness testimony, had additional hearings, all these steps, and yet it keeps its witness list secret until the last minute, doesn't allow them to be cross-examined. Um, making it, presenting it to the American public on prime time television, uh, farming it out to the news media who repeat it. So it gets said two or three times during the day. Uh, it uh, goes over the MSNBCs and the ABCs and all of these uh, various outlets. And uh, we, of course, if we even mention any kind of questioning of it, and use the word which you've been hearing me beat, uh, I will immediately be uh, disciplined. So there you are. I will probably go in tomorrow uh, with you. Uh, the mysterious reasons why, according to the Pew Research Center, they're so afraid of Trump. Have a great day. Thank you to your production for helping out. Uh, Warthog Command Center out.